I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I'm no, not you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Each of we have tonight. Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza and ultimately make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. The internet, social media, dating and rideshare apps all make life so convenient and fun. Swiping to meet up with someone new has become part of our daily lives. It's also how many unsuspecting people have ended up dead. I'm Courtney Bell. And I'm Jillian Lee Garner, and we're the co-hosts of the true crime podcast, I Met My Murderer Online. In each episode, we share a true story of one such deadly online connection and hopefully how you can avoid it. We hear from all who were involved in the case. The investigators. They discovered a victim inside the house. Victims' family members. Right now, it doesn't feel like life can ever be joyful again. And sometimes, even the murderer themselves. You have to decide, okay, what are you willing to do here? Are you willing to kill these people? If you're a fan of true crime, then you have to listen to season two of I Met My Murderer online on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Some of the predators I've caught are memorable because of the iconic lines they uttered both in the transcripts, in the communication with the decoy posing as a child, and when I walk out to have my chat with them. Some are iconic because of their actions, what they did when they walked in the sting house, how they appeared. And then there are some of the predators I've caught, like John Adam Daniels, who are, I guess, iconic for both. Now, we don't make fun of the predators I've caught because of any disabilities that would be wrong, even though they deserve to go to prison, even though they deserve to get exposed. We don't make fun here on this podcast of people because of their disabilities, but sometimes the predators I've caught, have quirks about them. And that is the case with John Adam Daniels. And he talks about this in his chat with the 
decoy, and I'll get into that in just a minute here. But John, or Adam, as he called himself online with a 13-year-old girl named Nina, said right up front he had a stutter. If you remember, Daniels surfaced in our Georgia investigation, 2006. That was in Fortune, Georgia, outside of Columbus, Georgia. We had guys from the nearby military base. We had guys from all walks of life, a preacher even, showed up. And then there was John Adam Daniels. You may remember him because of his reaction to me. He said, am I being taped? A reference to the fact that he had seen our predator investigations before he showed up in one. And then he says, oh, quap. Phonetically, C-W-A-P. Now that's crap. And then he asked me, am I being O-Wested? Phonetically, O-R-E-S-T-E-D, meaning arrested. But those mispronunciations, that speech impediment, made him iconic in the To Catch a Predator TCAP community. The reason I remember him is because he presented a danger to children. And he was willing to chat up a very sexually charged conversation, knowingly with a girl he thought was 13, asked her all sorts of inappropriate sexually charged questions, wanted to know if she'd engage in oral sex and anal sex with him, wanted to know if the mother would be home, how long the mother was going to be gone, if he could spend the night There was even talk of a lifelong relationship with the girl. She's 13. And in the chat, as you'll hear in a moment, she makes it very clear that she's underage, inexperienced, vulnerable. But he, in his own way, and I'm not saying he's the brightest predator we've ever caught, but in his own way, he was very adept and skilled at grooming this young And he said something else that I'll never forget in the chat. He says at one point, listen to this. Nina, I won't never kill you. What? I won't never kill you. Now, this is a reference to dangerous guys online. But he wants the girl, all of 13 years old, to know he's not going to kill her. The decoy playing along. Lil Nina Bell says, good. OMG, LOL. What, baby? As if he doesn't believe a 13-year-old girl would be put off by, Nina, I won't ever kill you. What, baby? That would sucks, she says, if you killed me. I won't. He spells won't, W-A-N-T, again. We're not talking about an intellectual giant here, but someone who still poses a great danger to a child. And then, as a caveat, he says, so I'm not going to kill you, little Nina, but if I do anything that might hurt, it might be my big dick going into your little pussy. Nice. I hope he remembered that line. It's one of the things that led him to a fairly lengthy prison sentence, and I'll get into that in a moment. 
The chat begins with the predatory introduction of Hi. He goes by the screen name Need a Friend to Talk to 2005. Well, with friends like that to talk to online, you don't need... Well, you know how the line goes. Enemies, predators, dangerous humans. Hi, says little Nita Bell. Where in Georgia are you from? He asks, Southwest, you? Southwest, Bainbridge here. Little Nita Bell says, near Columbus. Cool, what town, if you don't mind me asking? A little town near Columbus, okay. How old are you? 13, she says, right up front. Just seconds into the conversation. You? Oh, a little older than you, 25. That's true, he was 25 at the time. Is that okay, he says? Yeah, cool. You must want an older man. Just someone with a good job that can take care of me. Cool. Already concerned about the age difference, he says, what would your mom and dad do? My dad lives in Washington. And my mom don't care. LOL. Cool. I would like to meet you. For reals? The decoy asks. Yeah. Why? I just would like to. Just G-U-S-T. Okay. Would you? He asks. Maybe. Cool. What kind of a guy do you want? He asks. A nice one. Are you nice? Yes. Cool. Are you far from me, she asks. Yep, you look hot, your pick. Thank you. You got a pick, she asks. He says he's about two hours away, but it turns out it's closer to four. And he'll drive all four of those hours to get there to try to have sex with a 13-year-old girl. I would not get into trouble, would I? Why would you get in trouble, she asks. I'm 25, you 13. Again, he nails the point home. Exactly why this is a crime. So, lol, she says, okay. I stutter, is that okay? Okay, cool. What you looking for, a boyfriend or a husband or what? Someone nice that can take care of me, she reiterates. Okay, cool. I'd be whatever you want. Cool, yep. I'm bored, he says. Me too, says the decoy. When you want to meet, I don't know. Okay. What you want to do when we meet, she asks. What you want to do? Anything you want to do, he says. You want to meet Saturday? I don't know, she says. Go out to eat and movie. That's boring. If you want to, that is. If you're cute and nice to me, I have a pic, he says. Okay. Can you email me? Yes. So this goes on. They go back and forth. Have you ever seen a man's dick? That just pops right in there. Not in person, she says. Okay. What will you wear if we meet? Shorts and a top, I guess. Wear a skirt, he demands. Okay. What size bra do you wear? Okay, now we're off to the races. After all that foreplay of his. He's gotten her to buy into the stutter. He's gotten her to buy into the fact that he's way too old for her. He's found out she's never seen a dick in person. And now he wants to know what size bra she wears. 32A is the answer. Cool. 
If we do like each other, would you want me to be your man for always? Sure. Cool. You have a cell phone, he wants to know. No, I wish. Do you? Yes. Would you like to move in with me if we hook up? Maybe. Okay. You going to be online tomorrow? Yeah. Now, there's no way of really knowing if this guy has a fantasy of convincing a 13-year-old girl to move in with him and to actually care for her the rest of her life or whether he thinks this is the grooming method that's going to work that will allow him to sexually assault this child. I can't wait to talk to you again, he says. You seem real nice. So do you, she says. Thank you. You must have been in love with the way I look. What's your name? Now, he hasn't even said his name yet. He's already talking about penises and sex and moving in and being together for life. Nina asks, Oh, what's your name? He says, I'm Nina. Adam. Hi, Adam. Now, it's really John Adam Daniels, and I don't know whether people knew him as Adam or whether he was just using his middle name in case... He got caught and somehow he'd have some sort of plausible deniability. I did get a chance to talk to Daniels, and you'll hear about that shortly. But I didn't get a chance to get that detail to ask him about whether he was using his middle name as a cover-up. What does your body look like? It's okay. Cool. Do you have a nice ass? Now, he may not be the smartest guy, and he may have a communication problem, a speech impediment, but he sure is working hard here to try to have sex with this girl. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. I'm looking at your pic on MySpace. You have a nice looking body. Remember, it's 2006 when this is all happening. I can't wait to be with you. Me too. You seem nice, she says. Thank you. Are you in love with the way I look? He asks. I love the way you look. Do you like horror movies? She asks. Yes, he says. Why? You want to take a quiz I just took? I can't. Not tonight, baby. It's fast. The quiz involves a horror movie. It was one of those online things going around. There's a suggestion in the quiz that if things go badly, your significant other or your best friend usually convinces you that everything will turn out okay. As for you, they do, although badly beaten with possibly a few limbs missing, you survive. I guess being so naive pays off. That is what the test said. Yay, you're not the killer. Yep. And then he talks about how he would never kill her. What a relief. You want me to wear a condom, he asks? I don't want to get preg. I pull it out before I shot coming you. So articulate. If you want, I shot it on your body. Okay. You want to do anal? I never done that. Have you ever had sex? No. Is that okay? She asks. Yes. Can I eat your pussy? Okay. Sure. You want to suck my dick? Sure. Okay. You want to come see me this weekend? Sure. You said Sunday night, she asks. No, Saturday. Okay, you got a nice car? I have a truck, baby. Cool, what kind? 
96 Nissan. I love trucks. Trying to get a 2005 Ford F-250. Wow. It's a red truck. We'll see it coming up the driveway soon. All I want from you is a little loving and don't be a girl that wants to do everything the way you want to do things. I mean, going out on dates and stuff like that. Wow. So now he's going to lay down the law to a 13-year-old girl. I like to go fishing when I can't. I like going to the movies and hanging out with friends and most of all being with my girlfriend. Good to know. What about you? Movies are cool. I like concerts and hanging out. Never been fishing. Cool. What kind of music you like? He asked. Corn with a K. Papa Roach. System of a Down. Cool. But I said, what kind of music? <laughs> Heavy. She says, cool. I don't know if I've heard much. Heavy music, he says. What kinds of movies do you like? Horror and comedy? Cool. You? I like comedy, horror, action, and I love war movies. More movie talk, more casual banter. He wants to know if there are any sisters or brothers hanging around. Wants to know when her mother will be back. Sunday. You want me to stay the night? If you want to. Baby, it's your choice. What time Sunday will she be back? Referring to the mom. Like 11, okay. Maybe you can come over earlier, she says. Yep, what time she leaving her so you know. Like 12, okay. You must either be horny or really want me there with you. I'm lonely, she says. Okay. Baby, if you want me there, I'll be there. Oh, he shows up all right. A little bit of a, a conversation about logistics. More talk of love. Or at least what need a friend to talk to 2005. Claims is love. Can I sleep in your bed with you? Yeah, okay. Night, night. I gotta go, she says. I hope you don't get dressed. I hope you sleep nude like I hope I be. Mm. Okay. Love you, good night, he says. Bye, baby. Then on a rainy Georgia day, we see his red pickup truck show up at our sting house. Now, if you recall, the house in Georgia was a little bit out in the country. Decent enough house. Perfect for the occasion. Four hours he's on the road. Four long hours. John Adam Daniels had a chance to think about what he was going to do here. He could have thought, well, this is just plain wrong. I can't do it. I shouldn't be even thinking about having sex with a 13-year-old girl. It's rape. You did ruin this girl's life. Nope, he just drives along. In fact, he's got a backpack. All ready to spend the night. 25-year-old carpenter he was. Our on-site decoy, Emily, goes to the door. Remember, it's raining. You'll hear it. Yeah, slowing down, pulling in the driveway. Emily, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Here comes Need a Friend to Talk to 2005. He drove four hours to get here. All right, go ahead and open the door. That's Frag of Perverted Justice you hear giving Emily instructions. She's got a bag of laundry under her arm. It's a rainy night in Georgia. 
And here he comes. Hey, come on in. Okay. It's raining outside, so I'll meet you in. I just gotta throw this in the dryer real quick. The decoy says she had to do laundry right away and she'll be right with him. He comes in, doesn't look particularly anxious or nervous. He's got his backpack and some treats he brought along for his 13-year-old date. Sorry, I had to do laundry right away. I had to have something cute to wear tonight. Did you try some of my sweet tea? I'm not scared. We put some sweet tea out on the counter. Remember, it's Georgia. The decoy asks if he's tried it yet. He says he's about to. Sorry, I'm almost done. Okay, babe. Okay, babe. He really thinks he's going to consummate this relationship. Again, he's not anxious, not worried, not shaken, not creeping around looking behind doors and curtains. He's going to have a sweet tea. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. Did you bring me anything? Yes, I did. What'd you bring me? I drank in some um, Kit Kats. That's right. He brought her something to drink and some Kit Kats. Kit Kat bars, the candy. Looks like you brought enough stuff to move in. Yes. Why don't you have a seat there? And that's when I step out from the next room. I've been watching all this on the monitor. It seems like the off-camera chat with the on-site decoy and our predator has come to a logical conclusion and it's time for the confrontation. Now he's not so confident, not so comfortable. Am I being taped? And it appears right off the top here that uh, John Adam Daniels thinks he knows what he's walked into. He's seen our Predator shows before. He asks, am I being taped? You are being taped. Oh, crap. That's right. That's his line. Oh, crap. It'd be understandable if you felt a little bit sorry for Need a Friend to Talk to 2005, but Think about this. If I wasn't there to talk to him, what do you think would have happened between this 25-year-old and a 13-year-old girl after he drove four hours into the Georgia country on a rainy night to see this child? Am I going to be upbeat? Oh, rested? That's not up to me. Now, again, he's got a stutter, and, and he's really under pressure here because... He's come face to face with me. And again, we're not making fun of anybody's speech impediment, but he says, am I being arrested? You admit right here that you could be in trouble if anybody found out that a 25-year-old yes. was meeting a 13 Yes, sir. I, I, I thought it was a bad idea to finally be king, so. Yes, sir. I thought it was a bad idea. It's really bad now. But if you thought it was such a bad idea, why did you do it anyway? So, I mean, you started talking, and 45 minutes into the conversation, you say, have you ever seen a man's blank? Yes, yes, I'm sorry, so. He admits saying what was in the transcripts. Says he's sorry, sir. You ask what size bra she wears. Minutes later, you ask if she would like to move in with you. Yes, sir. What are you thinking here, I'm completely and totally stupid. I'm sorry. 
I'm completely, totally stupid. I'm sorry. That's what he told me. Can I hey, sir? Now, at this point, he stands up, reaches over for his backpack and his bag of goodies. And I don't recall feeling particularly threatened by this. He didn't lunge at me. He didn't say anything violent. He seemed compliant. He admitted that this was a bad idea. But he was going to leave. And there was nothing I could do to stop him. But while he was free to leave, that freedom would be fleeting. Because just seconds later, as he walked out the front door of our sting house, he was met by the authorities, the sheriff's department, and the rest of the task force agents. Get on the ground! Get, get down! down on the ground! Get down! And they don't mess around in Georgia. Harris County Sheriff's Department was very professional. They had federal agents involved. And unlike some of the other jurisdictions in those early days where the judges sort of looked at this as a TV gotcha show as opposed to the commission of a violent crime, they didn't play down in Georgia. Most everybody got prison time. Daniels, in 2007, pleaded guilty to charges associated with the sting. He got a 10-year sentence of which he had to serve five. He got probation, all kinds of restrictions, and he had to register as a sex offender for life. Now, fast forward to about 2015. Daniels moves to a home in Alabama. Now, one of his probation guidelines, restrictions, is that he not be with children under age unless he gets permission from his probation officer, which he did not do. So in 2015, it is learned that he moved in to a home in Alabama with kids. They violated his parole, and back to prison he went for five more years until he was released in 2020. So he's only been out about three years as of this episode's recording. He was a carpenter, as I mentioned, and we don't know what he's up to today. He's one of those predators I've caught who somehow has been able to leave hardly a trace on social media, not a digital footprint to be found, except for the fact that he is registered as a sex offender. That according to the registration, and he checked in in 2023, just this past June, he is living in Georgia, uh, very close to where he lived when he was arrested in the summer of 2006. We did come up with a, an address and we found out who owned that address or who did own it. And I called that woman and I asked if she knew how to get a hold of John Adam Daniels. She did not. She didn't know the property anymore. And that's as far as our search went. I'm still working on it. I suppose if I did find Daniels, one of his initial reactions would be, oh, crap. Oh, crap. 
More of our story in a moment. As you know, I like to hear from you. This week's question comes from Karen in Nebraska. Hi, Chris. This is Karen, and I've been a huge fan of the To Catch a Predator series from the very beginning. And I learned that you had this podcast when you did an interview on the podcast Time Suck. I am so happy I discovered this and I have been catching up with taking some much needed mental breaks here and there. I have two questions. First question is, how did the To Catch a Predator series come to be? Was it something that was proposed to you or was it something that you proposed to the network? And how much convincing was needed to be able to get it to actually happen? My second question is a logistics question. In some of the podcasts, you mentioned how the predator has been talking to the decoy for weeks or months before they come to the sting house. So how is it that it happens to align with when the operation is taking place, that that is when they come to the house? Is it some convincing or escalation to have it happen? Is it something on their end or is it just dumb luck? So just curious how that happens to work out with some of these operations. And if you are ever in Nebraska, look me up. I'd love to show you the sites, take you around, and I hope you're doing well. And I thank you for everything that you have done. It is much appreciated, especially as a mother of an upcoming young girl. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. As to your first question, I became aware of perverted justice and its work as an online watchdog group. In those days, decoys from perverted justice would go online, and if uh, an adult made the first approach, brought up the subject of sex, it was clear that the decoy was, in fact, somebody who was underage, and a meeting was set, they would post that man's identity on their website, pervertedjustice.com. I thought if we could combine perverted justice decoys with our ability to wire a home for sound and pictures with hidden cameras and microphones, it could be pretty compelling. So I pitched it, as we did in those days at Dateline, just put it in the pitch pack, wrote it up, and it was approved immediately. Lynn Keller was assigned as the producer, and we started to put it together. We rented a house the Wagenberg brothers went in and wired it. Preferred to Justice flew in with their computers, and, and we did the sting. Now, law enforcement wasn't involved at the time, so we had 17 men service in two and a half days, including a New York City firefighter, Ryan Hogan, who I profiled a few episodes ago. It was amazing. So the hard part wasn't getting the network to actually do the investigation. It was a little challenging once we did it, once we had all this compelling material that was kind of groundbreaking and never before seen on television. I mean, obviously we had done hidden camera investigations and a lot of different television reporters have done very compelling hidden camera investigations over the years. But this was something different. And we were treading on new territory with material that was sexually explicit and there were concerns from the lawyers and from the standards people, understandably so. So it took some time 
before this actually aired. We shot the first investigation in February of 2004, and it aired the following September. And I was a little frustrated at the pace of things. But to be fair, everybody was trying to make it the very best product it could be. And I think I think it all worked out. But yes, finally in September, it aired. In terms of how we time the arrival of the Predators at the Stinghouse, based upon the chats, the chatters, Karen, are often in the chat rooms for weeks at a time. And it's not as difficult as you may think, the logistics. The chatters, the decoys will say, you know, my parents are gone until this date. And if the predator is committed to engage in this behavior, to break the law, to try to assault a child, they'll make plans. And it weeds out those who may be just talking online, who get off by having these conversations online, and those who are really willing to act out the hardcore predators, which is what we see show up at the Stinghouse. So it's not as complicated as you may think. I mean, it all happens in a blink of an eye sometimes. In the last investigation we did in Marquette County, Michigan, the Upper Peninsula, we had one of those situations where I'm interviewing one fellow and another guy literally shows up in the driveway. So we had to work quickly and get one guy out of there and the next guy in. And you'll see that in, in the next episode on True Blue. Thank you, Karen. You can always find me on social media, official Chris Hansen on Instagram, at Chris Hansen on Twitter. Have a seat with Chris Hansen on TikTok, Cameo, and the new Predator Investigations called Takedown with Chris Hansen are out now more than 40 of them, almost 50, I guess, on my new streaming crime network, True Blue, T-R-U-B-L-U. Watch trueblue.com for details. A lot of cool documentaries there as well. More on the way, at least a dozen in the works. And as always, you can find me right here at chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening. A Huda Media Production.